Chris. Hello, Adam. And hello, Odell Beckham. Oh, hello, Odell Beckham. Hello, Mr. Beckham. Professional, Mr. Do Everything Right This Offseason. Mr. You Deserve to Be Paid. It's so great to have you with us. Good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, for people that are only listening on audio, good to see you as well or hear you. Uh, but I was tired of reading YouTube comments saying I like the old studio better, uh, this podcast room. It's kind of like empty, whatever. Yeah. So we're uh, getting there. I got us a, a beautiful piece of art. Uh, this is from Tim McAuliffe, you can see it on the YouTube. It is a really cool picture of Odell Beckham. Yes. Hey. And I, I just believe that this is the summer of Odell. I agree. And we well, should have his beautiful or LeBron, run. one of the two. Forget LeBron. <laughs> We're doing Odell. Yes. But, uh, man, I love this picture. I do, too. And, yes, our, our studio is going to get decorated and it's going to look cool. Uh, for all you listening or watching, we're Bleacher Report. We're a millennial company. Yeah, we, okay? we do this as we get we along. Take it, it takes a little while for things to get done here. We are going to have uh, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk in like the next two minutes. Yep. Uh, we're going to teach him a few parts of our Constitution and let him get into it. Some fantastic, whoa, big off-seasons. Cool. Uh, we have a new segment called uh, Incidental, what do I call it? Accidental insults. So people that like got insulted, and I don't know if they meant to be insulted. Right. Uh, we're getting Phil Sims back on. Uh, we're gonna have a lot of talk about practice. You're a pretty good host for Bleacher Report. <laughs> oh, that was an accident, right? Yeah, well done. Yeah, that was very thank good. You, thank you. Uh, so, Nick, why don't you give Florio a call? Um, I want to save the big interview with Florio for another time when he's in New York. Yeah, we, we got to get him, put in, him in that chair. Right. Uh, but that's where we should start it just right away. What do I not know about Florio that we're going to learn today? I, I, you know, there's a, there's a lot to be learned. This is I'm actually equally as excited to talk to Mike because, as you know, Mike does the show from West Virginia. So we're not together. And we don't always have time to just be in the office like you and I and, hey, what's up with life and what's going on? Oh, are you there? Yeah, boy, the connection's horrible. Man, it sounds like you're inside of a bug zapper. I can't can't hear you guys at all. It sounds like a jet engine. Okay, we'll call call, call you right back. All right. All right. And that is the magic of radio. (laughs) Hello. Yo. Hey, there he is. Hey, you all li- right, that's better. You little mf are you. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Man, how's the how's the West Virginia mansion holding up? How you living? It's, uh, well, we've been invaded by a dog, so it changed everything. He's, he's, so I was just explaining your living condition. He goes, are you excited to talk to Mike? And I was kind of explaining to him that, you know, you and I, our conversations are so work all the time that we don't even get to talk about life stuff all the time. So he started asking about your house in West Virginia yeah. and all those things. I gave him a little rundown of everything I saw. I just couldn't believe you're in West Virginia. Like I had heard it, but I still didn't believe that you were there. Yeah. And we kind of tripped over the place that we live in now four years ago, the guy who owned it owned uh, a pool company and he owned a winery so this place has like a really nice outdoor pool set up and it's got a nice wine cellar and it's got a lot of space and it's worked out well because the dog has a lot of uh, a lot of stuff a lot of area where it can uh, um, you know it can run around and 
you know, piss everywhere. It hasn't <laughs> shit in the house yet, but it pisses all the time. I hope it shits in your favorite place in the house. <laughs> I hope it shits right on your favorite couch, just for Thanks. you. Thanks. <laughs> oh, He's sending awesome. me scouting reports like uh, over the weekend of the dog. Like the dog likes to lay underneath the pinball machine. Is this machine. a new dog? Is it's, this like your first dog, it's, Mike? It's a new dog. Yeah, we had a dog for a weekend back in 2005. It did not go well, but now uh, we, we've had this one for a week. It's just it's like having a baby. I mean, you, you know, you constantly got to go outside and piss, and you got to be always be looking if it starts sniffing around, then it's getting ready to squat and spray and. You know, you just you know, it, it needs attention. It needs to run and play. And I like how stuff. he's figuring out what it's like to own a dog. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. I mean, there's a you know, there's a lot of stuff that I just, uh, I just, uh, I just thought, hey, you know, the dog just lives there, and you give it food and let it run outside once in a while. I didn't realize when you had to, you know, that it was actual effort. I, I, I don't know that I would. I, I don't know that I would have done it differently because we love the dog. But it has changed everything. Yes, it does. Damn dogs. I don't know. It's still early. You can still return it. You can still figure no, it out. No, no, they wouldn't have. My, <laughs> wife, my wife and my son are too attached to it. And that's the other thing, too. I've fallen number four in the household. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah. We, we do, at some point, we want to get you in studio, right? So during the season or whenever, you know. Yeah, if you're ever up here. Which Mondays he usually is because he does Sunday night football from the studio in Stanford. And then we do the show together yeah. on Monday morning. So hopefully during the season early on, we can get you in studio in person have some fun okay yeah. so you can meet yep. the other guy you know and be yeah, around the, illegal him more. Substance. the illegal substance the other guy i know I've you met, met him but be, be around him more you know this other guy you just gotta soak me in man he's <laughs> gotta really 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 toast me uh i'm gonna introduce you to a lot of the segments that we do here on the podcast but i just really had one question for you and i'm sure you get this all the time I just don't know how Pro Football Talk started. Like, for me, it's just kind of been there, and it's been one of the front pages for NFL news. I, I know that you're a former lawyer and all that. I just, how did it even get going? Wait, are we doing the interview now? Oh, yeah, we've been, we've doing, been doing it. Doing yeah, it. Yeah, the whole dog shit's going to be on the podcast. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, well, I was going to say. I, mean, I would have I I punched it up a little bit more. I mean, usually what happens, Chris, maybe you'll eventually learn this. Yes. When you're interviewing somebody and you call them up, like, you shoot the shit with them a little bit, and then no. you say, okay, here we go, three, two, one, and you begin the taping process. I have no idea what I said the first five minutes. Well, worry. it was all good. That's so great. That's what we wanted. Look, it's so much more natural and fun now. This now we is know great. who we are. My two work wives together. This is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What was the question? How did, how did you start pro football? <laughs> He's all flustered now. <laughs> Yeah, how did seriously though? I never talked to you about this. I, I I truly am interested in just about the idea and how it all came to be what it is now. Well, here's what happened. I mean, this is one of the great things about the internet. You can be anywhere in the world, and you can have a voice. And it was back in the year 2000. I became aware of a website called NFLTalk.com, and I'm going to give you the most condensed Reader's Digest version. It's Anymore, probably not, but I'm going to give you the simplest version of this that I can. Okay. I tripped over a site called NFLTalk.com. I started going to that site. They covered the NFL in a fairly comprehensive way, and they did it in kind of an edgy way. And a few months after, I started visiting it all the time because I'd never ventured beyond the stuff that you get when you put the AOL CD into yes. your computer. And, you know, they have different areas like sporting news had football coverage, but I. I ventured beyond that, and I became hooked on NFLTalk.com. And in June of 2000, they were looking for writers 
And I thought, oh, what the hell? I threw something together and I sent it in. I knew it didn't pay anything, but I thought it was kind of neat that I could do this. And, okay, and what were you doing like at the this. time, just like uh, for your normal job and everything? What was going on in your life as you were starting to do that? I just launched my own law practice. I'd been practicing law at that point nine years. I've been with a firm in Pittsburgh. My wife and I moved to West Virginia. I was at a firm. I'd become a partner. I decided I don't want to do this for the next 30 years, so I started my own shop. So I was in the process of building my practice, and I had time to screw around with other things because I didn't have, like, this full plate of work that was keeping me occupied all the time. So, hey, this is a perfect time to dick around with something else. So I sent in a a sample or two, and a couple weeks later, they ended up hiring me, although I don't know that it's technically hiring because, again, it didn't pay anything, but I did it. I liked it. I kept doing a little bit more. You know, eventually, and your wife's always your best protector because eventually my wife was like, wait a minute, you keep writing for this operation, and I'm sure they're making money off of what you're doing, but they're not paying. It's like, that's okay. I mean, it's a hobby. I mean, you know, it's like if I went golfing, I'd spend 50 bucks, and I'd be gone for five hours, and I'd be pissed off when I got home. (laughs) It's just fun. It doesn't take a whole lot of time, and I just do it. And it kept growing and growing, and I just had a vague sense that, you know, I may be onto something here because I think I'm pretty good at this, and and, uh, I just feel like it could end up somewhere, some point where I do get paid for it. So bottom line is the... The uh, uh, stock market shit the bed in early 2001. The tech bubble burst for either the first or second time. I don't know. And this operation went out of business. They didn't have any money left. They didn't even come close to the revenue to pay their expenses. Even though they weren't paying me, they didn't have enough money to pay their expenses. And so ESPN came in and bought the carcass. And one thing led to another, and I ended up joining ESPN.com, their insider service where you pay, like, whatever it is, 50 bucks a year. And so I was writing for that while I was practicing law, and it was like a weird sitcom premise because I think the people at ESPN had no idea that I had another full-time job that, that was taking a lot more of my time than what I was doing every morning. So I'd basically get up at 5 a.m., I'd work for four hours for ESPN.com, I'd go practice law until I got everything done for the day. And after six months, they offered me a one-year contract, and that was when I had kind of like that you know, that moment, that epiphany, that what am I doing? How, I, I can't keep doing this, and where is it really leading? And even though they were paying me, it's like maybe there's something more out there. Maybe I can do this in a way where I don't have to pass it through five layers of editors. Maybe it can be more instantaneous. Maybe it can be more fun. A lot of people tell me what to do. So that's when the idea was hatched to launch ProFootballTalk.com. November 1, 2001, we flipped the switch. It looked like shit. I mean, it was, you know, the basic website from 17 years ago it was right. very very uh, uh stripped down and, and crappy but but you know we just kept growing it slowly but surely and here we are oh my god 17 years later and, and wait when, when did nbc get involved and go okay this is mike floria he's not so bad he might so have we, a few yeah, brains in like there five years ago well when rick cordella took over nbc sports digital operation one of his first orders of business was to call me up and try to do something more formal. We had done some things in the past through Roto World, which NBC bought in 2006. So early 2009, Cordella calls and says, I don't want to do this because I don't want to give up my independence. I don't want to have people telling me what to do. I don't want it to change. I never wanted it to feel like an obligation. That was one thing I was concerned about. We went through this concept of almost like the athletic does now, just charging for content. Because if 1% of your of your readership decides to buy it, you're going to make a hell of a lot more money. And I never wanted to get to a point where it felt like a job, where it felt like an obligation, where it felt like a chore. And that's one of the concerns I had. But when, when they called and they were interested, I said to them, 
And I, I wanted to scare them away. So I did this whole grandstanding thing like, well, I'd have to have final say over all content. I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. And that's, that, you know, that's, that's a deal breaker, and we're wasting our time if we have this conversation. Assuming that he was going to say, well, we can't do that. We're NBC. We can't just give you the keys to this thing and put up whatever you want to put up. But he said, no, we're fine with that. And I'm like, oh, shit, i got to come up with another way to scare him off now. <laughs> and uh, what happened then, I still, I still resisted. We had a couple of outages because our traffic was getting to the point where our technological capacity couldn't keep up with it. We had an outage around free agency that was horrible. NBC mm. came in and saved us from that. And we just basically redirected our website to NBCSports.com. And they got to see the traffic that we can bring in. And I got to see how easily they could service the people who were banging on the door to get the information. And then around the draft, it happened again. And after the draft, it was like, you know what? Screw it. We just have to do this deal. Even though I still had misgivings, I, I, I realized the time had come to do something. And nine years later, yeah, it's the best move I ever made. You know, that's, that's like I didn't want to do it. I fought it. I, I resisted it. I wanted to come up with any excuse I could to not do it. And ultimately, we did it. And it's like, shit, you know, what a great decision, even though – uh, it wasn't really a decision that I made. It was a decision that I felt like we had to we had to implement. Obstacle is the way, man. The it, thing the thing that's the biggest obstacle ends up being the way all the time. It's 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 amazing. Well, and no matter what you try, the other lesson is this: no matter what you try to plan, no matter how you want something to be, circumstance takes over your life and it guides you in a way that you can't control, and you just kind of have to ride it and and see where it goes. And I think the harder you try to engineer it the way you want it to be the harder it is to, to force it in that direction. Hmm. It, it, the the thing I'm so amazed about it all, Mike, first of all, I mean, it is. It's an amazing website. It gives you everything you need as far as the NFL. And um, you haven't taken a – he's left – I don't know. He hasn't taken a day off from work since, like, 2003. But That's like, not true. That's not true. Where'd you hear that? Well, you used to say that. I haven't taken a day no, off. that's of... not true. I've never said that. That's fake news. <laughs> you said something like that to me once. <clears throat> but Here's regard... what I did. Here's what I did. Let me yeah. tell you. I'll t- let me interrupt you. Since, yeah, please you know, do. This, I get to be the guest, and I can be an asshole the whole time. <laughs> yes, you Like can. you were when you were on my podcast. <laughs> I decided yes. January 1 of 2004, the only way this thing is ever going to going to get to where it can be is if I commit to it. And the only way to commit to it is to work on it every single day. I couldn't take a Saturday off. I couldn't take a Sunday off. I couldn't just screw around and, and do a little bit of work one day. I decided to go all in. Yeah. And it's really not work. So it's like, shit, there's no reason that I can't find time every single day to work on it. And once I made that commitment, that was when it really started to take off even more than it had the first couple of years. Okay, that's all. Yeah, that's what I wanted to hear, just because I, I am amazed by that. That You're right. I, I just know if I had to be you and be responsible for that all the time, I would go crazy going like, oh, it's Sunday morning. i got to write something real quick, or i got to read about this news. That It's a, it's a nonstop 24-hour, you know, it's 24-7 job. I think it's that's the NFL, where baby. And NFL's no sleep. So I, I've always been impressed with that, with Mike. Even the ability of Mike, like, I am pretty sure, and I'd like you to tell me the truth here, Mike, because I've never asked you this. When I'm talking on the show at 7.30 in the morning, are you writing articles as you're doing it right then, too, <laughs> at times, too? Like, not listening to me? Or I just would like to know that. I'm definitely not listening to you. <laughs> I'll admit that when you were telling the story about throwing the football into the cannon itself, like, you threw the football at the pirate ship, at the Buccaneers Stadium, and you claim that it got lodged into the cannon. I wasn't paying attention. And if I had, I would have called bullshit till the cows came up. There is no way you're going to throw a football into a cannon. So I isn't big enough. It's going to bounce off of the outer rim. 
that's bullshit, and you know it. So no, no. I wasn't paying attention. So, to Sims, give the official story right. of your throwing into the Pirates. I score the touchdown. I throw a playoff game playoff against game. Washington. You roll out. You dive over the pylon. Right. Touchdown. Touchdown. I always was like, if I score a rushing touchdown in this end zone, I'm throwing the ball to the ship. Like, definitely. That's what I'm going to do, my first running touchdown ever yeah. on that end zone. So, I scored, and I was like, here it is. I'm going to launch this bitch up there. And. I threw it at the ship. Now, it didn't go. I wasn't trying to say it went exactly in the cannon, right? It went in the. So, can you just listen for a second? You're just like Lefko, you big baby. Shut up. This. So, you know the square box that's cut out, I guess, for the cannon? Yes. I don't know. I didn't see it. But I can tell you that on TV, Paul McGuire uh, and Joe Theismann. Say it on the telecast. The ball, I think the ball went into the cannon hole. And we have actually gotten multiple comments on Reddit, Instagram of, I'll never forget I was there and I saw that and it was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. So we have gotten like people, listeners that claim to have seen it happen as well. Right. So again, I don't know it either and I would call bullshit on it too. Did you see it go in? No, I didn't because then everybody, as I I launched it up there and I wanted to see it, but then people started jumping on me and stuff and I couldn't see where it hit actually. Uh, and then I got fined twenty five hundred dollars. So, Florida, do you believe him I, now? No. The consensus that was reached today when we were talking about it on the show was that the only way that that thing got remotely close to the cannon is if you were aiming for something else, like you were aiming for the mast. That's well, how it gets to the cannon. I didn't. Say, I didn't say I was aiming for it. I was. I, I was. You just, just ho- threw it there. I was just hoping to hit the ship in some capacity. All right. So let me, Florio, kind of welcome you into the Sims and Lefko world and things that we hold true. We're going to go to the Sims and Lefko Constitution, Article One, Section One, which is Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback we've ever seen. Go ahead, sing it for us, and, Mike. Yeah, sing it, Mike. No, I'm not. I'm not, it's gotta, you can't, I'm not like a dog that performs tricks. It has to happen. <laughs> I'll do it. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> oh, right. Aaron Rodgers. Right, You're so, the greatest I've ever seen. Wait, 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 wait. The other guy's version is a little slower. It's a it, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, it's much more like that uh, sounds cathedral. More like priest. He sounds like the priest. Like when they're consecrating the communion. That, exactly. That's really good. That yes. is. It's the church of Aaron Rodgers. So Mike Daniels had an amazing quote where he said, I think that Aaron should get a lot of money. And then he followed it up by saying, like a lot. Whatever a lot is, Aaron should get what Aaron requests. I'm not trying to get in the middle, but I think everybody and their grandmother who doesn't watch football knows that Aaron Rodgers is more than deserving to be the highest paid player in the NFL, dot, 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 history. Love Mike Daniels. Love it. My question for you, Florio, is will Rodgers get anything in his contract that will be game-changing the way Cousins getting a fully guaranteed contract opened people's eyes? I don't know because the challenge with Rodgers is this. He's got two years left on the deal that he signed back in 2013, and he only has himself to blame for that, committing for seven years. And then the Packers could tag him two years after that before they get themselves into a spot where they'd have to let him hit the open market. And that's how Cousins got that term. He's on the open market. And all it took was two teams. It came down to the Vikings and the Jets, and he was able to leverage that free agency into a three-year fully guaranteed deal. And I don't think the Packers are going to say to Aaron Rodgers, okay, we're going to tear up what you do to make over the next two years, and we're going to take that franchise tag for year three, and we're going to turn it into a three-year $96 million deal fully guaranteed. I don't see that. Now, maybe he could get a term that guarantees him a set percentage of the salary cap in future years. That's something that guys like Darrell Revis and Kirk Cousins tried to get 
in past seasons and couldn't. Yeah. Or maybe what he'll do is get a clause that kicks his pay up 100000 per year above whatever the highest average is if and when mm-hmm. he's leapfrogged in the future. I think something like that is possible. I know there was a report that he wants to have like the ability to rip up the deal and potentially become a free agent, I guess, if someone – if someone ends up making more than him, I doubt the Packers would ever agree to that. But ultimately, the key is this. What will, what will prompt the Packers to trade in what they currently have? And the bird in the hand for the Packers is two more years of certainty, two years of the franchise tag. I think I worked it out once with what he's making over the next two years and what the tag would be. It averages to just under $25 million a year over four years. What, do they, what, what, what are they comfortable swapping that out for when they have no obligation to do it. And they could take four more years with Aaron Rodgers and let him leave at age 39 if they really want to do that. So I think it's going to be hard for him because he's never going to have the kind of leverage that you have to have to get a deal like that, which is getting close to the open market or putting the team in a position where – you know, the guy can justifiably withhold services, and then you're, you're shit out of luck and you don't have your quarterback. Yeah. Isn't that going to upset Aaron, though? Well, that's why, I mean, Mike, so this is why I want to ask Mike this, because Mike's amazing with contracts, rules. Yeah, we want the players to get all the money, and Mike goes from the from the team's perspective. But, and Mike's like us, too, though. Mike is a player's guy all the way. Okay. We had this talk on the show yesterday, actually, where he was like, I don't understand. These are billionaires, and the fans support the billionaires. So he's on our side okay, as good. far as that. It's great. I know. Um, as far is, but Mike, do you think like, do you think Aaron Rodgers, or do you think it's even realistic for a guy like Aaron Rodgers to have a contract, let's say, to guaranteed he has to be in the top five, pay, hot, top high, highest paid, you know, quarterbacks? Do you think that type of language can realistically be done? Like we see college head coaches get those type of deals. Do you think they can find a way to work that in with the the way the CBA's all set up? Oh, they can do it. There's a lot of things they can do. The problem is the management council, which is essentially the group that runs the league and and implements collusive behavior throughout the 32 teams, the management council would probably argue against it. You know, there's a lot of things that I think the management council keeps teams from doing because the management council doesn't want one team to start doing it because if one team does it, then another team does it, then another team does it, and the players end up having greater leverage. But I think there could be a lot of creativity applied here. Maybe that's what they're trying to do. There wasn't much creativity that was applied back when Aaron Rodgers got the deal in 2013 that made him the highest-paid quarterback at $22 million per year. But the problem, again, he signed for seven years, and now he's getting at the back end of the deal. And that's what these players need to guard against. Yeah. You get to year four, five, and six. That's where Julio Jones is right now. Yeah. Right. He's got $47 million over three years. Hey, that's great. Now he's on the back end, and those salaries don't look as good and none of it's guaranteed, and he's looking at guys like Kirk Cousins saying, damn, that guy did a three-year deal. That's what I should have done. And I think shorter-term deals are the way to go. And I know that you take some injury risk, but if you can get a short-term deal fully guaranteed, screw it, do that, because by the time you get to year four, five, and six, it wasn't going to be guaranteed anyway. That's right. That's right. right. Article 1, Section 3, beans, not beef. My favorite story of the week. Bill Belichick's hotel order has become big-time news. He stayed at the Lowe's Regency, New York, and he spent $61 for his room service blueberry pancakes and coffee. Give it, it to him, made Mike. page six. What's Mike's Give take on this? Give it to him, Mike. Give it to him. No, no, see, now, now hey. Is this hey, Stats Jr. over I, here? 
Listen, I, this was a plant by Sims. I'm not stupid. No, he, I he, promise he you. I promise you. Was Mike, no, let him have it. I promise you. He said this is what he wanted to talk about, and I didn't say it worked. My question is, are you surprised that Belichick ordered blueberry pancakes? <laughs> I saw him oh, as more of a straight-up okay. like buttermilk guy. First of all, give it to him, all of it. The whole thing. Cause, what are you talking well, about? Because some people have tried to make a big deal about him. Oh, like he paid for golden cup uh, pancakes at no, sixty one dollars. If you've ever stayed in a hotel, Thank everything you. is so expensive. I would, if my girlfriend, if she stays me in a hotel, I'm paying hundred and twenty dollars for a fruit cocktail. <laughs> it's the worst experience. I don't know how this became a story, but I just exactly. like. That. Yes. I just love the fact that Belichick, we know, is a blueberry pancake guy. I just like that information. Well, well maybe the maybe the pan, maybe the maybe the pancakes were for his girlfriend. That's Did right. Breakfast? Do we know? Yeah, but that's what's amazing to me. The New York Post, a newspaper that is in New York, doesn't realize that if you are going to be in a New York City hotel, and if you are going to ask the people who run the kitchen in that hotel to make you your food and bring it to your room, it is going to be considerably more expensive than if you drag your ass out to the elevator. Walk out on the street and find a diner where you can go breakfast. And even though there's plenty of tourist traps in New York, there's plenty of places where you can get a good breakfast reasonably. Chris, that place we went to a couple of days last month, the, the National, right there, right? By, yeah, I mean it was great. It was yes. the National or the International, one of the two. I yeah, guess. So you're you're reading in the different. you're reading into the details. I am imagining Belichick answering the He's door, a fucking lawyer, in That's a t-shirt and shorts, being like, "Oh, thanks for the blueberry pancakes. I really appreciate it." <laughs> and then his wife being like, "You didn't get bacon?" He's like, "It was sixty-one dollars for pancakes and just I coffee." Bet, I bet when he gets room service, I bet. That he hides in the bathroom <laughs> while his girlfriend settles up. So now, I think you're right. I've done know, that. Have you, you know, done that? He I've have done to that. Deal with some fan asking him questions, or or taking the receipt, giving it to the New York Post. Yes, mm. that's I what I can't should, believe. I mean, shouldn't whoever? I mean, if I was running that hotel, right? And Bill Belichick's room service bill ended up in the hands of the New York Post, people would be out of their jobs. Every time I see that, like anytime somebody posts a receipt from. TGI Fridays about how much someone did tip or did tip. It's like, right. what the hell are you doing? Right. You shouldn't be doing that. It's the first thing it's I thought of too. To run a business. No, it's yeah. not. I mean, I got. If I'm Bill Belichick, I go fuck Lowe's. I'm never going there again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not staying there. I agree. All right, last one. Uh, this is another staple of the podcast. Left go PR, meaning there's always an ulterior motive to why people do things. And Andrew Luck throwing a football is the creme de la creme. They threw a football, and my first thought was, they're only putting out this footage to remove the narrative of Andrew Luck hasn't thrown a football for X amount of days. Not announcing the fact that it was like a play school baby football to Reggie Wayne. Uh, do you, or were you like me, Florida? Did you see that story and go, oh, this is just to, to ruin that narrative? I, I, look, yeah, it's a high school football. And yeah. and he, he the thing that got me, because, hey, there's Andrew Luck throwing a football. See, he's fine. He'll be fine. And he said yesterday he's absolutely playing week one. But when you look at the details, and we picked this apart this morning on on the show on PFT Live, when he said he had a mental block about throwing mm-hmm. an NFL football, I mean, you know, here's the point I make. If you're a golfer and you're having trouble with your seven iron, then, you know, use the six or use the five. When you're an NFL quarterback, if you can't throw the NFL football, if you've got a mental block over that, you're screwed. Mm, and, yes. uh, I, I, you know, and, and he's out there at practice with that goofy football with the white stripes on it, tiny ball, and it's like, wait a minute, why can't this guy throw a regular football yet? And why are people not freaking out about that six weeks before the start of a training camp that they are 
convinced he'll be able to participate in fully and completely as he prepares himself to absolutely play in week one. And it's some of the same BS we were hearing last year. And that's why with mm. all of this, my position is the Colts have lost the benefit of the doubt. I don't believe anything they have to say. I assume it's all bullshit right. for a variety of reasons. And I don't know whether they lied to us deliberately or inadvertently last year, but they lied to us every step of the way. And I can understand, hey, look, you want people to, to be optimistic. You want people to buy tickets. You want people to show up for games. But at a certain point, you have to say, you know what? We learned our lesson last year. We're not listening to you this year. And that's my attitude toward the Colts and Andrew Luck. they got to show me a healthy player, and when they do, that's when I'll listen to them again. But uh, all this other stuff, and now Luck's in on it too. You know, he's caught yeah. up in this stupid enthusiasm and optimism. And when you listen to how he said what he said, it really doesn't sound as convincing as the words on paper otherwise would suggest. Uh, the the absolutely no knock on wood, I believe it in my bones oh. quote. But he's just saying, actually hear him talk about it. Like when you hear him say it, it's he's not as he's definitive hesitant. as. He's, right. yeah, he seems a little hesitant. He seems a little tentative. <sighs> you know, that's one thing that we, we learn on the show. We'll, we'll play sound of guys. Like when Derek Carr was talking about working with John Gruden, when you see what he said, it's like, okay, that's very reasonable. Yeah, he's getting used to John Gruden and, he, you know, he's putting in the work. When you actually see him say it, and he's like doing the tells, like rubbing his forehead and, and pausing, and he seems hesitant and he seems right. nervous. It's obvious that Gruden's wearing him out the same way he wore out Sims. <laughs> That's right. He's stressing as he's answering questions, and he's going, how do I answer this so this guy doesn't, you know, mother F me when I'm in the meeting room yeah. later today? So well, We want luck to be better. Where is your confidence level? No, I'm, I'm, I'm with Mike, and I think you to where I'm truly concerned. I, I, so I've been there with the mental block thing, right? Okay, with my spleen injury, man, the ball didn't feel right in my hand either. I would have been like, please let me use a high school football. I could throw that better. Right. So. To me, if the mental block is there, it's because the ball doesn't feel right in his hand, right? And it doesn't feel right in his hand because his shoulder and arm and all the muscles aren't working right. Mm. So here's a smaller object. Oh, this feels better. I feel more comfortable. And again, what did we see yesterday? We saw six-yard throws to the back. We saw doing high steps and a little toss to the coach. So I'm with Mike. They've lost the right to like say, oh, he's going to be back. i got to see it to believe it. I appreciate like guys like Chris Ballard. I think we will get a more true of a true narrative there. Yes, uh, because he's I think a very honest guy, and like he came on the show right, Mike, a few weeks ago, and he was totally cool with like I understand these questions. I'm not gonna like get yeah, mad at you. If this was Grigson, I would be even doubly doubting. Right, him. I'm just scared. It's scary because I want this kid to be so good because he is so good and he's such a nerd and he's got a book club and you know that he spends like 99 percent of his time trying to get back on the field. Right, but all of the comments of Everyone around him is making it harder on him. Like I feel like the Colts are trying to help him, and it's really just shut just up. Just let him do just it. Just let Andrew do his stuff. Yeah. But I yeah. don't know. Yeah. So wait, uh, when Flor- have we ever seen this? When have we ever seen a quarterback in his prime miss an entire year and still have uncertainty about his ability mm. to play? Right. More I- than. 18 months after the fact. It's on Colin Kaepernick. At least in the modern age. Colin Kaepernick. Well, no, I'm talking about, I'm I know talking about a health reason. Yeah. yeah, of course. I think Peyton Manning's the only one, oh, maybe. Oh, with the neck. With the neck. 
Then he sits out the year. He comes back to Denver. He's obviously had he that issue. He wasn't in his prime. Now, but you're right. Yeah, no, you're right. I know. 30, who should be in his prime. I know. I, you're, you're exactly right. I'm just saying that it's the closest thing I can think of to this. Let's end with you telling Florio that he was right. I think that's a good place to, to end with Florio. That was right. He was right. Um, Florio, this was fun. I'm excited to do this in person. Oh, I know. If we can only get him to move out of West Virginia and come up and do Stop the show in person. Just stop it. <laughs> Anytime you start talking about me moving out of West Virginia, I'm afraid somebody at NBC is going to hear it and say, yeah, why did we never make that son of a bitch move Man. to Connecticut? Yeah. And then they're going to call me up and they're going to say, yeah, you know what? We were listening to your show today. And Sims makes a good point. You know, this is a pain in the ass for us having you down in West Virginia. So we want you to come to Connecticut. And you're going to end up getting me fired, you bastard. <laughs> I'm not going to get you fired, but I might get your ass to move up here eventually if yeah, I keep saying it. it. Appreciate no. you, Mike. Thank uh, you, dude. Thanks for All coming right. on, man. I'll have to. T- yeah. I'll see you tomorrow morning. All right, bye. Uh, so, uh, one more. Hello, Josh. Hey, what's up, hey, guys? Josh, How's everybody doing? doing? Hey, Welcome. good to see you. Hey, pal. Hey, Lefko, can I say something real quick? Yeah. yeah. I like that shirt. Thanks, Is that bro. new? Uh, it's Woody special. Did we already talk about it? No, no we have oh, not. I like it. It's not new. I haven't seen it before. You've just seen it in the makeup room. Oh, but I haven't seen you wear it before? I haven't actually worn it. Okay. I mean, I know your wardrobes inside and out. It's a good-looking shirt. I, I like, like it. it. Yeah, looks like you should be walking around the streets of Hawaii or something. Hey, akayaku kolele. Yeah, right. What do you think, Odell? Odell loves it. Uh, one other amendment that I'd like to get out of the way. Yeah. So we've done Beans Not Beef, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, what was the Beans Not Beef part there, though? That was, Anytime we talk about food, it's Beans Not Beef. Oh, okay. Like, we it's know branding that. Branding sense. Yeah, Bel, no, Bill Belichick should have gotten egg sure. whites. Yes. You right. know, maybe a little spinach. Right. He went blueberry pancakes and a black coffee. Yes. Do you think Bill Belichick puts cream in his coffee? Mm. Yes. You do? I do. Oh, I thought he'd be like, just give me brown water. Uh, I think he likes the sweeter things a little bit. I think he a couple wants sugar to... packets yeah, in there. I, mean, yeah. I don't know. Yes, I don't a know. Half and half, right. maybe a little sweet and low. All right. So, uh, Article Three, Section Section Three, section. Grass Not Turf. Reggie Bush gets twelve and a half million dollars from the Rams. Damn! If you've ever seen that footage where Reggie Bush is running in the in the Edward Jones Dome, I knew I should have sued somebody in the, in the patch, NFL when I lost my spleen. Got nearly thirteen million dollars from the Rams because he fell in that stadium and it, it like ended his season. I don't know the my grass not turf. Yeah. Yet another reason they should be playing on grass. Another reason why why the NFL would even let that fucking happen on a stadium where professional athletes play. Oh, we're gonna six feet from the field. We're gonna have a concrete patch that cleats can't sink into. You know, I mean, no guys don't ever get pushed out of bounds aggressively in the football. I mean, Never. That's just that's to me another area of the NFL where I look at why don't we have people there on a weekly basis? You know, as that game's replay official checking the ball pressure, whatever it may be, all these things. The NFL cuts little corners on. It's this. so expensive, Chris. I know, and it's, it's gonna just, cost money. It's so disappointing, like with little things like that. But good for Reggie because. It fucked his career up. It ended it. It, it did kind of. It was it? over. He had another year, two, three to hang around and do things like that, and he didn't get a chance to do that because of the injury. Well, you know what though? He's proving our point. Grass, not turf. Yes. Uh, Ernie, it's time for whoa. Big off season. You didn't do that with Florio? You just went to the Constitution with him? We just did some different Aaron Rodgers stuff, all that stuff. How was Florio? I'm glad we got him on. Yeah, it was good. It, it was he didn't good. realize we were recording for the first, the few first minutes. He was like, kind of like, just like talking like this. Talking and then he's dog. like, wait, are we recording? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, well, I would have brought more energy. <laughs>
It was good. I assumed you guys were going to get him on before the podcast even started. No, I wanted to do a minute, talk about our new Odell painting. That yeah, I is really he just like. going to sit there from now on? Yeah, no, I like it's it. a shrine. Cool, it's good. Um, so t-shirts have been amazing. You guys are ordering them. Sales are through the roof. Are they really? Yeah, they That's, really are. It's I'm awesome. Really, we're shipping them all over the world. We got one this morning going out to Japan. Wow. I can't wait till people start getting them and then sending us pictures in like weird places yeah, wearing their t-shirts. If you're getting one and like let's say there's like a local landmark that represents Take a picture there. That's what I would like. Right. So like the people that are telling me they're ordering from Brazil or from like Pakistan, yeah. like make it super Pakistani. I want like, yeah, yeah, to see the one. culture. Yeah, I want to see I want it to be like Tiananmen Square. Like I want it to be right. perfect. And do like cut the sleeves off, hold it up in the air, like do whatever you want, make it you, but we want to see you guys wearing the t-shirts. Yeah, we're going to post them on cool. social. Oh, we're going to post them all over the place. All right, so the first thing that we do with Whoa Big Off Seasons on Wednesday is we take one of the Whoa Off Seasons from Monday and we give it that special treatment. Compliments of Wheels, Max Wheeler. <laughs> what if I told you that a quarterback's arm could be too strong, that a dragon could throw a ball a quarter mile, and that scouting reports should be hundreds of pages long? What if I told you that backups could become best friends and that three-ring binders can lead to a third ring? What if I told you boots are not just made for walking, but for winning? Sims and Lefko presents a whoa big off-season film, Big Arm, Bigger Off-Season, The Davis Webb Story. Oh, yes. Coming to New Jersey, New York, September 2018. <laughs> Where do I get my tickets? Wheels came up to me on Monday and said, any of the Wobig off seasons good? I said, Davis Webb, it's the best Wobig off season I've ever seen. Yeah. You're still like, I can't believe you said that shit. No, I cannot. <laughs> and I get so annoyed with the whole, like, oh, he's so great in the meeting room, and he does so much to prepare than anybody so ever. Binders. This is unbelievable. He's writing notes. But when it's about someone in your team... It's the best shit ever. Like it really is. Like when I'm reading stories about Eagles and they're like or like there was a there's a wide receiver on Detroit where the the headline was undrafted rookie free agent is turning heads and I'm like, "Ooh, heads are turning." Like you got you get excited. I, That's I, why Woe Big Offseason so funny. Well, yes, and and we were we're starving for anything football-wise, just anything for an inside look or inside knowledge. This the most annoying thing for me walking around Bleacher Report this time of the year is I have guys literally like, so I mean, give me the goods. What's going on in the NFL? What's up, what's up in minicamp? And I want to be like, listen, there, there's nothing to really talk about right now. Like this is the this is the the most intense three to four week stretch the coaches have in the off season. Uh, I don't get to talk to much of them. I will get more of my info of how OTAs went the last week of June, the first week of July when coaches are off, and I can catch up with some of them yeah. and have conversations and go, hey, how was that rookie? Or what about Davis Webb? Yeah. Does he have well, an arm that's crazy, too strong? I, I had nine pages of notes. There's plenty going on in the NFL. Yes. In fact, I would argue I that there's more entertaining things going on in the NFL now than during the season. I'm talking about like behind-the-scenes things, but I, I get you. Like yeah. realistic Like real yeah. actual right. things right. that affect the outcomes of the games. So you're telling me that the these whoa big off-seasons aren't big? Kind first of. one, tell me if this is big. This is the first healthy off-season for Jalen Ramsey. Remember, he's had two different like, off-season surgeries and he came out and said, this year I'm trying to avoid all that and I've been able to. So if y'all thought I was good the past two years, then stay tuned. Ooh, Ooh baby! Whoa. Whoa. 
Big off season. I, I'm not gonna lie. I heard that. I went Jalen Ramsey. Uh, that, that's not even a whoa big off season. That, that's like that's like whoa. Watch the fuck out. Here comes Jalen Ramsey. I mean, I've been in here and Chris has dropped four f bombs. I did. I've gone, I've gone crazy. Yeah, I've gone this crazy. It's gonna today. be a problem but for, for me. Tomorrow. It's like Jalen Ramsey has been the best corner in football, and he hasn't felt comfortable enough in the beginning of the last two seasons. No, and now, we like, know what that. Are we, what are we gonna get? We're gonna get a freak show. He's already been cocky. What is he gonna be now? He has already been in the conversation for the best corner in football. Uh, but he knows his body. I'm sure his dad is somebody he's worked with uh, for a long time. He definitely has that father-son workout thing that yeah. I would love to watch It's that. like a Patrick Peterson and his father. Joe, it's very, I'd like that's to what do I a feature on, on, on Jalen Ramsey and his dad. But also, every quote from all of his teammates, yeah. from the defensive coordinator uh, to everybody else, just goes, oh, no, 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 we don't worry about Jalen. Nobody. We worried. know that he's probably working out harder away from us than here. And he said, him, Telvin Smith, oh, yeah. uh, and Who's, someone I saw else. That. We like, don't have to worry about them. Yeah. Yeah. They're, so Jalen's no. a super woe. He's definitely a Super Bowl, and he's definitely like super motivated. I look at Jalen Ramsey of being like the Odell Beckham Jr. of the defense in football. Mm. Like people think he's cool, and we you know makes a comment before the AFC Championship, we gonna win that bitch, and yeah. all those kind of yeah. things. He has ultimate self confidence, but he really wants to be one of the all time yes. greats. You can see it in his eyes, the way he plays, I the way it. he talks. I do too. He's there my favorite very, defensive player in football. There's a lot of times where there's a big time prospect from a college and we compare them to a former big time prospect from that college and they rarely live up. Yeah. And for Jalen coming out, all of the comparisons were Deion Sanders. Yeah, sure. Prime time at Florida State. Mm-hmm. And he embraced it. Yeah. I love that yeah. kid. Yeah. Second, whoa, big offseason is also part of our Sims Told You So package oh. on today's, where Sims told you something, you doubted it, and now you should believe it. Josh Allen. Yeah. LaShawn McCoy on Josh Allen, quote, I've got to be honest, he's pretty good, and I'm not a big fan of rookies. He <laughs> continues, little knock here, this is one I thought was funny. Yeah. He throws some passes that probably shouldn't have been thrown. But other than that, yeah. he has a strong arm. He's very intelligent. He's too smart, I tell him sometimes. This is my favorite part. We have conversations, and I say, easy. This is not an exam. Just talk to me, Josh. You can say, yo. Yeah. You can say, what's up? Right. It makes me think Josh and LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn's like, what up, Josh? And Josh is like, hello, hello Mr. McCoy. Back. Sir, it is good to see you. I am now going to have a conversation where I express my leadership and desire to be here. I think you're right. But then, <laughs> I really do. I think that's the kind of guy he is. He's tries, he wants to be so good. And then he says, as a talent level, he's going to be really good for a lot of years. Yeah. So when a super talented, like I look at LaShawn McCoy as one of the best running backs in his generation, when he says this praise about Josh Allen, Sims, you told him so? I I mean, yes. I I do get gratification out of these type of stories because, you know, these are things where I feel like I was a little ahead of the curve being able to throw it out there. And of course, I, you guys know, I can't tell people here my sources, but you guys know I know the right people to convey these messages. And I do. I like. The, the justification of it. And this is just the other thing to know, to know it's real, too, right? Like LaShawn McCoy told you, he don't, he don't like rookies. Yeah, what does that mean? It, because he means you you got to do something to earn my respect before I'm starting to talk about you to the media like you've done something. But I think that Josh Allen, what we're hearing, has some eye-popping talent that even guys like LaShawn McCoy are like, McCoy are like damn, he hasn't done anything yet, but he's got a chance to do something because it, it's, it's real. So yeah. that's what I like about it. If you thought that was a woe, whoa. the woe of the week, 
is Lamar Jackson. Again, Sims told you so. Not only did Sims told you so, he said that they're probably going to start experimenting at practice and training camp about getting them both on the field. And what do you know? The Ravens are using two quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, all over the field. First, a quote by John Harbaugh, quote, gosh, I sure like him out there helping us. We have to figure out, Joe has to be able to do other things if Lamar is throwing the ball. So he's challenged Marty Morningweg and Greg Roman to come up with finding a way to get them both on the field, and it's catching the eye of the defense, and C.J. Mosley has the woe of the week. Quote, once he gets out of the pocket, it's like watching a young Michael Vick. It's amazing to watch when you're defending him. You have to act like you're just tagging off. Oh, that's so funny. You don't want to be on the highlight that's reel. That's so funny because that's really what happens with these kind of guys, right? So, because you can't tackle, you can't hit, right? Especially not the quarterback. Yeah. But you're supposed to. Go if Josh is the quarter, uh, the runner, right? And you're a linebacker. You're supposed to get up close to him and then give almost like a form tackle to act like, right. oh, you know, I would have got him right there. Yeah. Now guys like him or Charlie Garner, who I was around, or Cadillac Williams, you know, guys would just do this, but they'd be like, damn, you weren't even close to him. Like, there's no way you were gonna actually <laughs> tackle him. That was a nice little form. Act like you were gonna get yeah. him. But I got a kick out of that mental picture because. I'm sure he's breaking ankles, and I'm sure some of these defenders are like, oh, crap, I'm not even close to him. Let me just give the form tackle thing and go by him. I am waiting for the training camp uh, eye-in-the-sky footage to be released of some of these plays. Because that's what I need. I need to see Lamar scooting out to the outside. But we now have almost every member of this defense talking about Lamar Jackson, Mm -hmm. the coaching staff. Uh, It it must be sensational. I mean, again, this is where scouting just goes overboard. It's over scouting. Yeah, but hold on. Is, but again, like I said with Josh Allen a few yeah. weeks ago, yes, Lamar Jackson is made to make people say "whoa, big off season" when they're in when they're in shorts. It, it, I, I get that, but these are guys that have been around the Michael Vicks in the world and know what the hell that's like. So they've seen it. You know, Eric Weddles, those guys, they've seen it in action to go, damn, I remember chasing that MFR, and this guy is just like that, maybe worse. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, I know he wasn't the perfect quarterback, but it just goes into over. Oh, so you're telling me the best player in college football the last two years has been good in OTAs? Mm. I'm shocked. When what? does Joe start to get pissed? Joe's he pissed get, already. Okay. He's pissed. He's, I'm sure he's pissed as hell. To right see now. your teammates go to the media like that yes, when you're the starter, annoying. you're the veteran, you've won a Super Bowl. Right. To, the first, to that, CJ Mosley, in another part of his quote, yeah. said, It's cool to see that we can switch things up with quarterbacks. And then this part, as long as we don't have Joe doing too much running, that's all that really matters. <laughs> so not only is it this guy's incredible, but just don't just let don't Joe run. run because he's not even like athletic. Uh. It's really magnifying all the things that Joe doesn't do well. Right. Yeah. Like, the one thing that Joe probably had on a lot of quarterbacks is he could throw it further. Yeah. But I bet you Lamar's just got— Lamar can make some eye-opening throws, yes. Yeah. That can be right so there with it. So what does Joe do that's better than Lamar? Yeah, no, that's it's going to that's gonna affect you. This is the first time Joe is having to deal with real adversity in his NFL career, which is really annoying. It's the first time where you go, 
man. Other than starting as a rookie. Well, yeah, but this is more like the, at least the organization. Every everybody backed him. Then he's now going to the first time of where man, owner, GM, coach, they're all doubting me. Not everybody's in my corner here anymore. Flacco Things is have his entire career. If you think about it, it's been kind of embattled with questions. The entire is Joe Flacco elite thing yeah. is like its own its meme. own meme. Yeah. It's like its own which thing. he was way better than people ever gave him credit for. I'd like that to be stated. He right. was he's more athletic than people gave him. He credit had for. one of the greatest playoff runs that we've ever seen from a quarterback, yes. and that is noted and it is in history. Right. But then I would say the last three four years of Joe Flacco, he's had to try and convince people he has a personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the last three four years, he's like, right. I'm not a wet rag. I'm not a wet rag. I'm not a wet rag. Right. He's honest. Ray Lewis never said anything interesting. He takes a lot of heat for that. Flacco has gotten weird adversary adversity, but now this is the first like roster. Yeah, this adversity. is first like challenging his actual physical ability and yeah um you know uh what was the point you made there that i wanted to dive in on too with flacco there's something you said right there before that damn it what about was... teammates talking up yeah lamar we'll keep so going, much yeah. he can't run uh, joe flacco credit for he's doing all what does joe flacco do better than lamar oh, jackson well, what, this is what i want to say so you're awesome but yes okay so you talked about it like <laughs> the playoff runs he had there for a few years it was phenomenal i mean he what was he was great doing against the patriots oh, when they were up 20 to 14 they should have won it. he yes. outperformed brady in every playoff game he's played against brady really so and it's that's really good one too but again i think this is another area of where you see like you don't give yourself the benefit of the doubt when you act certain ways in a locker room or or not that guy right and he is a quarterback and when he was really playing at a high level we could swipe under the rug the lack of leadership the lack of personality all that because damn look at that 70 yard bomb he just threw screw all that other stuff he keeps doing that he can do whatever he wants but now the offense struggles, he struggled, he gets hurt, and now everyone's like, damn, that attitude sucks, too, to go along with it. Last year was the worst I've ever seen him play. Like, he had an interception by Ryan Shazier where you wrote in your notes, yeah. like, what even was Joe what thinking? Lo- yeah, right, I know. It was a bad one. And that was when, you, I remember, it was like in week, it was early on, maybe week two. Yeah, he didn't have a lot of help around him. The offense was very average as far as, you know, creativity. But, um, but you but looked yes. at me last year, and that was the first time you said, Joe's not doing no, it anymore. No, he's not. He's not, he's not making those big throws that I said, like, I used to go, damn, he make three or four throws every game where I'd go, mm, there's only a few guys in football that, that was can week do that. four. They played the Steelers, lost 26-9. Right. Yeah, that was bad. Yep. All right, let's call Phil Sim. I told oh. Nick what number we're calling. Awesome. Cool. All right, so we're going to call are, Phil. People are starting to figure out how to call Phil. Well, are he they? gave like, away the first three digits I know. on well, Monday. You gave away the area code, and then they've been they've been picking off numbers in the middle. There's only like five numbers left for the public to go, so we got to be careful. <laughs> I would love. That would be awesome if we had to make my dad change his cell phone number because of <laughs> just this. Just because the podcast listeners are just <laughs> blowing him up. So what we're going to do with Phil He's is... in Louisville right now. Really? Yeah. He's in Louisville. He's seeing, seeing the family. Big, Big off season. Big season for Phil. Seeing the fam. Seeing the Kentuck fam. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, he's uh, he's over there. I we feel, gone feel guilty. Him. I feel guilty because I need to see my Kentucky family. And I need to call them all. I'm like, oh. I love that you're from Kentucky. A kind bad, of bad family member. Hello. Hello. My God, you guys! I figured about two forty-five, you'd be calling me. So you know, you're getting better. We're getting there. Phil, yeah, uh, getting there. where were you last week? You ditched us, and I felt lonely. We left you a voicemail. Yeah, I heard you did. What was I doing? I was doing something, and I said, look, uh, what, what was I doing? You were playing remember. ping pong, probably. Getting a little yeah, training. Maybe maybe you, were, you and Deirdre were playing ping pong, I think. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, nah, nah, you know. You didn't feel well, uh, I think, uh, is what basically happened. Uh, 
if I share that what with a, everybody. What a baby. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. You know, hey, listen, I, I can't remember, so that's it. Last Wednesday, I don't even know what day it is now. I guess it's Wednesday, so I'm talking to you two idiots. Yes. Uh, but uh, but it's all good. I'm down in Louisville, Kentucky. I hear. So, I hear you're down there visiting the uh, gravesite for that dog you punched. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't kill the damn dog. I just, you know, that was the difference. He just never came out story again. <laughs> you know, the story about that was great. My brother, as he uh, told you once, to, I'm make it quick. After he kicked the dog, he leapt across the street. Goes, damn! I think it broke my foot. <laughs> that Dominic. Yeah, was it was Dominic. Yes. It was do- all right. So well, Dominic, Dominic probably deserved a broken night. foot. What's that? I said Dominic probably deserved a broken foot. So he, he, Oh, yeah, he deserved it. Yeah, 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 he did. You know, making us help him deliver papers, and he didn't even pay us. So that was unbelievable. So I'm not surprised. Yeah, you're not surprised. But I'm going to see that scene tomorrow night. And, you know, I always said to him, you know, one day, Dominic, I'm going to get even with you. I'm just going to beat the crap out of you. <laughs> oh, it was just try. You can't do it. I said, no, I think I can now. <laughs> you know. Those Phil, I, I think you need to do the Terry Bradshaw mm-hmm. skiing joke to Dominic. Oh, Don, oh Dominic. To Dominic, no. Because yeah. he's, if I did, no. He's, I get, he's getting old and frail. You might <laughs> you might knock him out. <laughs> yeah. So that would be a good thing. Um, so I don't know. I was talking to my other brother, Joe, the other night. So I'm going to see him in a few, uh, maybe tonight or whatever. But, you know, what our conversations Christopher knows. And he's met my oldest brother, Dominic. I'm not going to get into him. You think... Anything that Christopher says on your podcast, oh. or radio, or TV is crazy. My oldest brother is off the right wheel, out of box. Off the rails. He says, "You're like, oh my gosh, yes." You know, we got to get him so, on the pod. He's crazy. So politically not correct and so out of place. <laughs> yes. And you say it well, whatever. So that's it. I love it. Uh, it is. Uh, yeah, God, uh, this is my so what's question. What's going on? What's? Don't tell me we're going to do one of these. I, I'm a polar bear and I'm a fish. Which one's going to win or something? <laughs> well, right, we will at some we're, point, but let's yeah, we're some start real off with football. Too. My first question for the Sims: uh, The Raiders have cut Hackenberg, and I'm curious for both of you guys: What have oh, we learned? You know, I'm really shocked. Oh, oh shocked! Can't Whoa. believe it! I can't believe it! Says, you know, look, he had such a great freshman year at Penn State. He was really <laughs> terrific. Did you watch the games? Well, whatever. Um, well, I was going to ask, I, what I did we... say this to you, Adam. I wasn't surprised he went in the second round. I was beyond shock right. that he went in the second round. I gave an so, F-minus grade on the draft coverage, Dad, when they did it. Oh, my gosh. But yeah. what, did we, what did we learn? Well, we had a really good year under Bill O'Brien. You know, I, I loved all the rhetoric, and I like that. Boy, you know, I need to go back and read. I always say this, because I, I, I want to go back and read. What everybody said. It was always the same thing. Well, you know, when he was in an offense under Bill O'Brien, well, I don't know. Well, what did we learn from this? Like, if if, really exploded. So, if the if the NFL could learn one thing from the whole Hackenberg like situation, what did you guys take away from it? When you don't throw the ball very well, or not even close, it's not good enough for the NFL. Then, what are you drafting? Yes. Yeah, okay, evaluate. Right, go ahead. Sorry. Well, yeah, if he's Lamar Jackson, who maybe might throw an Aaron pass, I, I don't know, you know, I, I liked him even that he had a dynamic, he makes a lot of dynamic throws. But, you know, it, unless there is something else that's so overwhelming that it doesn't matter, which I can't imagine what that would be for an NFL quarterback, and that's it. You know, the Jets said it all 
many, many times, preseason play, they had probably in two years, what would you say, you guys, 10 opportunities to play a second-round draft pick quarterback. And it was basically never considered. Right. So that says it all. So they traded him. Why did they trade him? Because it makes everybody look good. Oh, we traded him. We got something back for him. Of course, you knew it was done and that the yeah. Raiders were going to let him go as soon as they got a chance. Yeah, do you think this officially ends it now? Like, Or do you think somebody's going to give him oh, one God, more? No, somebody else is going to pick him up. Bill O'Brien and the Texans, maybe? Board. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I know. Yeah, we had him high on our draft board, and, um, you know, our, so let's pick him up. And, and I've seen that. I can't think who else reminds me of that. But, you, you know, they we got evidence, or I don't know if we do or not, because we never saw him playing a game except a few preseason games. Yep. But whatever went transpired, and I don't mean to be mean to Christian Hackenberg, not at all, but whatever transpired, I mean, isn't that evidence enough? The Jets were desperate for a quarterback, and they don't put him on the field. Yeah, didn't even play him in his first preseason. You're right. They didn't even play him at all his first preseason. That's unprecedented for a second-round pick. And then last preseason, only through out routes. I like to listen to talk radio. Well, we just don't know what he is. We haven't seen yet. No, you dummy. We do know. Yes. They're telling you, and you're not listening. What? They told you by not playing him in preseason. They told you because they didn't start him at the end of the year, both years, many opportunities to play him. And, you know, hey, we weren't worried about, oh, winning. Let's just give him some experience because we think he has a chance in the future. They didn't do that. So those – but it'll be interesting. I will not be shocked, of course. Somebody will pick him up. Yeah, someone. One other. There's got to be. There's one other stupid team out there that'll do it. But what we've learned is this. Just as usual, I'll like even use. This is a worse version of Deshaun Kaiser, right? Where I say this, where this is this is the love affair of oh, he was a top recruit and he played for Bill O'Brien and. Look how handsome he is and so well-spoken, and he looks so good in front of the podium. He looks like he should be our franchise quarterback. And he had that little success that freshman year with that pro coach, so he must be a pro. That's where we learn. It's, it's, it's Again, it's like Dad said, don't evaluate the other. The most important thing is evaluate the player on the field. And, and for some reason, a quarterback, every now and then, we find all these justifications mm. not to evaluate what's on the field, and we find all these other formulas to what it's going to make EJ, successful. EJ Manuel is a lot like that, too, out of Florida State. Oh, my State. gosh, I was going to say it. That was it. He was EJ such Manuel a leader, was the coaches. Yeah. Apart. He, At least he can know, throw it, though. What's that? At least EJ can throw it. EJ is Aaron Rodgers next to Christian Hackenberg. <laughs> That's right. That's amazing. Okay, All right, so, so there you go. So, Phil, and, I... And, and, but, again, let's go back to this. Here's what... Well, don't look at his sophomore and junior years. Look at his freshman year. Now, you know, I, what, I was on, doing games at the time, so on Saturdays early, you know, we have time off, so I was always watching Penn State. And I said, well, let me see this Christian Hackenberg. I keep And I'd watch, and i go, I know he's a freshman, and but... I don't see it. Yeah. Even as a freshman, I go, I, I just don't see it. So, again, I'm sorry to be so hard on him. No, you just tell me you that. Know, but he got drafted in the second round. There were more that he had many, many opportunities, but the evidence had to be so overwhelming to the Jets that they weren't even going to put him out there 
to what? To expose themselves. Yes, that's all it was. That's what it would have done. It would expose them. Right. So when the trade was made, I really thought it was made, okay, they're making it. They know. They both, okay. And and I expected the Raiders to release him. I didn't think they'd release, release him this quick. Yeah. But they did. Because the Raiders, E.J. Manuel and Connor Cook, you know, Ugh. they both are somewhat high draft picks. And they're as athletic as Christian Hackenberg. And they throw it better. All right. All right. So, so, Phil, I came away very impressed with your trash talking a few weeks ago. And so I found three instances in this past week of accidental insults where someone in the NFL said something and I went, ooh, would the other guy be pissed? So I want to do a little rapid fire. You and Chris, would you be pissed if you were the other guy? First one, Cole Beasley was asked about the new wide receivers coach Sanjay Lal in Dallas. And he says, it feels like the first time we're actually actually being taught how to run routes instead of just naturally doing things. If you're Derek Dooley, are you pissed? The old wide receiver coach for the Cowboys? Well, yeah, I would be upset, but you, you know what? For Cole Beasley to say that, it's it must have been an issue and drove him crazy. And, you know, look, you've, I've heard this story many times. So would Derek Dooley be pissed? Yes. But you know what? Cole Beasley is really mad, too. That's what I take out of it, okay? Yeah. And, he, and if there was any kind of admiration or respect for or whatever, that it, whatever, it, it, of course, it's not there. To come out with a statement like that, Cole Beasley knows that is really condemning of, of a football mm. coach. Yeah. I so, mean, yeah. So you think that was on purpose? Oh, on definitely. Definitely. Absolutely. That was a direct shot to Derek Dooley to basically be like, you didn't teach us anything, and now we're being taught something, and this is fun. I'm I'm getting better for the first time, and that which makes, I always wondered why the hell he was the wide receiver I'm coach. I'm telling you, so. the first episode of the All or Nothing for the Cowboys, it's Derek Dooley and Des Bryant going back and forth and yelling at each other, and I want to be like, maybe that was the reason Des didn't like being in Dallas so much, because like his position coach... If you don't respect your position, Coach, it must be infuriating to be in a room with him all the fucking time. Yeah. Man, listen, when you're a pro, your, your coach has got to be able to tell you something, and they, they, can't, they can't fool you. And I've watched really good wide receiver coaches in the NFL, and then, you know, I go, wow. And then I, I've even done this, watch tapes, and go, man, these receivers are machines. They line up, they get in the perfect stance. They take the perfect steps, you know, all this stuff all the time. And, you know, and just doing all the throwing we do all the time during the summer. And I watch certain receivers that are near pros or whatever, and some of the things they do, they're teaching kids. I go, wow, that is awesome. So being a wide receiver isn't just like, hey, I'm really good. I'm just going to go out there and do it. Right. You know, there's a lot of technique, a lot of, uh, and a tremendous amount that you can teach them. And, you know, the great thing now, is all the videos. When we throw with kids and we stop sometimes, you know what the receivers are doing? They're over there on their phone. Hey, look at this move by Julian Edelman. Let's do this when we right. run the next route from this position. And, you know, Julian Edelman's going out there doing a skip, hop, and jump and making cuts. And then I just go, wow, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. And it all makes right. sense because who can cover that? No, Sammy. nobody. But don't do what Julian Edelman does in his off time, kids. Yeah, don't do that. Well, don't do know, that. That's a whole other subject. Yeah, I'm just I know. Saying, I know what you mean. Running though. is pretty cool. Yeah. Sammy, There's Sammy Watkins. Go ahead. Okay, Sammy Watkins was talking about Patrick Mahomes, and he said, "Quote: I came here to be with a young guy that I can grow with. Are you pissed if you're Jared Goff?" 
Because hmm. Jared Goff is the same age as Patrick Mahomes, but Sammy Watkins said, I want to be with a young guy that I can grow with. I'm also going to add to this that he said, quote, it was a good thing where I went to the Rams and went through the situation of getting open and showing what I could do playing without the ball. Which was kind of like, hey, I was open and I never got the freaking ball. Yeah. If you're Jared oh Goff, are you pissed? You know, I, I did not. I, I read the, the first part of the quote and I just went, well, yeah, okay, it's great. You know, he knows he's coming to a new uh, place and he can get on the same page and connect with Patrick Mahomes and be the man in Kansas City. Right. Now, you know, wow, they have some speed. So, yeah, it's maybe a little direct shot at Jared Goff. But that one doesn't, I don't think, equal Cole Beasley's quote. Yeah, right. I'm with you, too. Yes, it is. It's a little bit of a knock there. I, and, and yeah, I think he's just being honest where he wanted to go with a young guy that he could grow with. That I, wasn't I, saying that it was a certain young guy. Right. It was just out of all the young guys. Right. This is a good one. That I can fits still me. tell Sammy's pissed about that. I'm sure he is. He was open a lot. And and I think this has to be noted. I'll say this. I don't, I don't know if Dad feels the same way this but the most overrated football player in football going into the 2018 season is Jared Goff. I'm just going to let everybody out there know. The fact that people are he's towards the top of the list for NFL MVP and all that stuff, that's what? just yeah, that's insane. And in Vegas, he's like one of the top 10 MVP candidates, I believe. That is insane. People don't realize Jared Goff had a better year last year. It was definitely a big step up from the rookie year. But that offense was amazing, not because of Jared Goff's physical ability, but because of the play design. Third and 51-yard screens for touchdowns against the New York Giants. 80-yard screens to Todd Gurley. Right. 80-yard screens to Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley led the team in receptions last year. So that, to me, is one of the more annoying things in the NFL landscape right now. Jared Goff could still be awesome, and he's on the right track. I'm not trying to just downplay him. But for people to be putting him in the MVP conversation, he's number seven. He's number seven. That's insane for Vegas. If you're going to push back against the media mainstream, which we like to do when it's some stupid takes, that's stupid take number one for me in this offseason. Okay, sorry. It's um, it's up there for uh, you. I, I, it's pretty high. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty high. It, it's up there. I don't know if it'd be number one, but it'd be in my top five for sure. Yeah, and um, you know. I had this conversation, Christopher, you know, Adam, I tell him these things. We, we talked, and we were talking about all the draft. And we're going on and on. I go, you know, hell, I don't know, Bill. What's more important, a franchise quarterback or a great offensive coordinator? And, you know, Bill, like, oh, that's, man, that's a tough question. He goes, I don't know. It might be the coordinator. Yeah. And we just started laughing. And I go, yeah, because the coordinators are making stars. Mm. And Sean McVay made Jared Goff last year, and it wasn't Jared Goff making them. So that that's absolute. Tom Brady is a great talent, but he is playing for one of the best all-time offensive coordinators in the NFL. Drew Brees is, of course, going to lead everything in all this, and I give him credit. He's tough. He's athletic. People don't give enough credit to his athletic ability and all that. Yep. But he, of course, is playing with one of the all-time offensive coordinators in history. Right. In history. Right. So it's amazing, isn't it, how when you look at good quarterbacks, what do they have in common? Of course, the team's pretty good. 
but they have a coordinator who can really, really help you. So, and that's why, and that, that's, that's why Rogers, that's why Rogers and Russell Wilson are so incredible. Exactly, because they don't have that. Exactly. All right, last well, one. That, listen, that's a that, that's a really, really good point. Thanks, you know, Phil. They don't get they don't get fifteen just automatic completions before the game starts. One guy that is up there with those offensive coordinators, he came from that Shanahan-John Gruden tree, is Jay Gruden. And this is our last, was this an insult? Talking about Alex Smith, he said, quote, one thing about Alex, he's the smartest guy I have ever been around without a doubt. If you're Kirk Kirk Cousins, are you pissed? Okay. Am I pissed if I'm Kirk Cousins? Because we know that Kirk Cousins owns... Like the title of nerdiest quarterback. Like he, he, he sits in a room, he has all the notes. I watch videos of him and he gets really excited. Right. He's about... the Josh of quarterbacks. Yes, he is He's the Josh Fendrick. But yeah, are you yeah. upset if yeah, you're Kirk Cousins? Shot. I'm not mad if I'm Kirk Cousins. Okay. You proved your point. You stuck it to Washington and they had to pay you and you left. And you know, I heard that same comment, oh, the smartest guy I've ever been with. You know, I heard that about Ryan Fitzpatrick fifty times. Yep. Okay, well, how come he's thrown in the middle of the pack all the time? Right. Oh, because that was the smart move? I don't know. So Yeah, yeah uh, that's that, right. That thing, the smartest, and oh, my gosh. Oh, they're just, oh, the my favorite quote of all, my real pet peeve, you know, our quarterback room is really good. <laughs> you know, the guys, oh, God, like your quarterback room. Oh, my God, please give me a break. <laughs> you know, your quarterback room is really good when you got a, franchise big-time superstar quarterback. That's when it's good. Yeah, that's right. So, I, yeah. You, hear, you hear that one, Christopher? Yeah, I, I hear it. Yeah, oh, it's, from coaches. I, we just oh, killed it just a little while room. ago. We were talking about what? it. We just, before you got on, we were talking about, oh, he's good in the quarterback room. He writes great notes. We were talking about Davis Webb because that's the story that's being pushed out about him this week. So that got me off. But I'm not like – Offended by that, if I'm Kirk Cousins, smarts doesn't mean mean it all. It doesn't mean anything, actually. It really doesn't. I mean, I know. Hey, yeah, I was with right. quarterbacks that were a lot smarter than me in the books and other things and answering questions. And they get on the field and they'd go, "Well, was that cover two or cover three? And I want to be like, "Damn, are you the <laughs> smartest guy on the damn team?" You couldn't tell there was two safeties that time. Mm. So it doesn't always mean anything. Hey, you know when you're smart too as a quarterback. When you can throw that dang ball exactly where you want it to go. Exactly. And you can throw it at the exact speed that you want to go. That's amazing how you get really smart. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers doesn't make bad decisions. No kidding. <laughs> because when he sees it versus the window, he's going to get it through there. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. He All doesn't right, so throw a lot of interceptions. Really? Wow, I'm shocked. Phil, you, know, you ready for a... Like uh, he can move. Phil, you ready for this week's mascot battle? All right, let me hear the mascots. Oh, God. All right, by we, the way. Can we do something real? By the way, Phil. <laughs> we I, just did for I, 25 minutes. Phil, no, I got I mean, at, like, Give me some real mascots. Give uh, me something. Come on. Give all me right, so pick, pick who's going first, and then I'll tell you which one is uh, which. All right, you go first. Okay. Uh, Phil, I am a charger, and Chris is a saint. So He's really. A saint. <laughs> oh my god oh my god father for i have sinned i call myself a saint and that okay, is really and what what's a charger what are you what are you i a am charger i am a bolt you gotta charge my battery i am a bolt a, 
I'm a bolt of lightning, Phil. So in okay, essence, you like need it. to decide whether or not this saint and his prayers can prevent him from science. This is a battle of the Lord and Zeus. This is nature Ooh. versus religion. So you have I to ask you yourself have one Lord question. Religion thing in there, but go ahead. Here is young Christopher standing in a field, a priest praying to the heavens, and I am just a bolt of lightning. And you have to ask yourself one question, Phil. The more he prays, can he prevent himself from being electrocuted? I don't think okay. it's possible. What would there you like to go. say to your father? That's a good argument. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm a saint, okay? <laughs> Lightning doesn't hit saints, all right? It just May- doesn't. Ha- no, God, know. God makes thunder and lightning, and he shall not strike down upon thee, because I am a messenger of God. I am a Sounds saint. Sounds like a ruse to All me. All I've done. Sounds now, like a crock. maybe if I prayed and asked God to strike me down with lightning because I wanted to get to the afterlife, maybe he'd consider it. So you're telling but, me that you think you're power enough, you think that you're just as powerful as God to control lightning. I think God has enough respect for messenger. me for my good good deeds on this planet and all the good I'm doing that he would go, oh, young Christopher, thy saint who's done so yeah, good for the world. you're challenging the weapons We don't of the strike Lord. down upon thee on the saints of the world for all the good that you have done. Stop trying to speak saint. here from the 1500s. <laughs> this is a bolt of lightning oh, against hey, a simple like human. You don't strike down upon thee. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, that's all I got. With the church, son. Uh, it's been a long time, Dad. <laughs> okay, but, I know. Yeah, I, just think, well, and my I, mother was alive. Oh, I know. So, now, it's Christopher, your kids are going to church, right? Uh, Dad. Mom, you know, um, um, <laughs> uh, I don't know what they do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know. All right, here we go. This is really, really easy today. The winner is, and it is like a boxing match that went 12 rounds, and it is a just ten nine every round. Adam Lefko wins. Hey! Good job, I mean, Lefko. Because really, son, you lost when you took the role as a saint. Okay? That really <laughs> was the end. That was. I mean, I'm just sitting here going, I don't even need to hear any more arguments. You know, the jury's already made the decision, and it's over. Opening comments, it was over. So. <sighs> Uh, Adam, that was a good job. And Christopher, yeah. I, I, I'm going to get out my Bible here in the room. Yeah, pray I'm for right me, Dad. To see if I can come up with some more words for you. In thee, oh, <laughs> thou shalt not strike upon thee. <laughs> I am thy son of Phil Sims. Oh, geez, Adam, that'll do you. That'll get, yeah, life. that might be get extra lightning bolt. Better watch out. <laughs> All right, Dad, we're done with you. We have no more use for you. Have fun in Kentucky, well, that's, Phil. That's good. You know, I get that from a lot of people, so that's okay. I'll move on and find somebody else and fool them for a while, and then we'll just see what happens. That yeah, was awesome. Thanks. Tell everybody right, I said hi. All right. All see right, you, I will. Later, see you, Dad. Right, see, see, you. You. see you, Adam. So, see you, pal. Man, it's good to finally get a win. It's been a long time in the making. He got such a kick out of that. He laughed. That was a legitimate Phil Sims laugh right there. (laughs) Oh, yeah, when he heard that. I'm not going to lie. When he laughed, I went, damn, I'm really his son. Because when I got this text last night and you sent it to me, I laughed just like that. And my wife was like, what are you laughing at? And I'm like, oh, I'm a saint and he's a charger. Like, it was the same thing. (laughs) 
Uh, you did sound just like him. <laughs> By the way, I just got an alert on the BR app. Eric Weddle can tell Joe Flacco has obviously been challenged this offseason, and it's shown in his performance. Mm. So apparently, look, Flacco has been playing better too. Apparently, I, I don't right. want all the woes going to Lamar. Yeah, no, that's uh, there's. I, I would expect that it's put a poker up his butt here, and he's he's on his game. So I don't think we've seen as many holdout discussions. Uh, this year, I think we've seen more this year than we have in years past. Yeah, Le'Veon, David Johnson now. I know Taylor Lewan, Odell Beckham saying, "I don't want to perform in team practices." Again, another Sims told you so. Yeah, that's what Odell's coming out. But I want to show you three examples as to why mini camps and what we're experiencing right now are unnecessary. No one wants to be there, and we need to stop villainizing the players that are not going. Mm-hmm. First example of they're unnecessary. If you had to say that there's one team in which practice is going to be the most important, the most rigorous, the hardest, they make them run, it's the Patriots. Well, guess what? Patriots players were informed yesterday that it was going to be the last day of training camp and that they're sent home on Thursday and Friday because they've been doing a great job. Bill Belichick knows that this shit is not important, and the only thing that happens is he has to answer questions every day about Brady and Gronk and Edelman, and he says it's not important. If the Patriots can cancel them, then anyone can cancel. They're unnecessary. No one wants to be there. Amazing quote here from HaHa Clinton Dix. Yeah. I'm excited not to have a bonus in there because I would have definitely had to be there for the money. You can't buy time just to have the freedom to be able to get away. I think that's a plus not having it, Mm -hmm. talking about a thing in this contract to get a bonus. I'm a guy and I need my money. That's why I'm here now. I need my money. He doesn't want to be there. It's so not, players don't want to be there so so bad that JPP turned down a $250,000 bonus because he just didn't want to be there. Right. So all the players don't want to be there. It's not just the stars. And the last one about why we have to stop villainizing the players, if there's one position that we know follows the rules, it's offensive line. Right. And Zach Martin, when asked about his holdout, holdout, said, it was tough. This is the best line. If you would have asked, I never would have thought in a million years I'd be the guy holding out and not coming to things, but that's just the way it kind of worked out. At the end of the day, I had to make a decision. It was hard, but best for me, that was it. No one thinks they're going to be the holdout player. Nobody wants to be. Not Le'Veon, not David Johnson. They all think they're going to get taken care of. But you realize that the only leverage you have is not showing up. And if Zach Martin can be honest and say, I never thought I was going to be the guy, then we need to realize that all of the players never thought they were going to be the guy because they all thought they were going to be taken care of. They're not important. They don't want to be there. Stop villainizing them. They're just trying to negotiate. Yes. I I, I mean, so many good points there. I mean, you're all over it. I I think the thing is, first of all, this is why you see sometimes the star players sign a contract like a Julio or an Aaron Rodgers that they don't like because they are like Zach Martin. Martin was saying, I never expected that guy. I'm the team guy. I love football. I love being around it. But then it comes time to sign the contract, and the team goes, 
man, Aaron, it would really make it a lot better if you'd add an extra year on because mm. it could make the less blow on the salary cap. Mm. And and Aaron goes, well, I am the quarterback and I want to win. And okay, I'll do it for the team. And he does it for the team. And then he goes, here he is with two years left on the contract. He goes, that's stupid. I shouldn't I have done screwed. that or whatever. I got yeah. screwed. Julio's saying the same thing. So that's one thing that goes into my brain when you talked about all that. The other thing, okay, OTAs. You're right. It's not that important. Tom Brady knows how to throw the slant round and the curl round. It feels like it's more important for the rookies to get adjusted to the rest agreed. of the team. Yes, agreed. And hey, listen, is it important for players and NFL? I mean, like the Brady's of the world, do they need to get out there and get some reps and things like that? Yes, to a degree. Do they need fourteen OTAs to do that? No, they do not need that. Yeah. And I, you've we've talked about how you need to be training, right? Yeah. You know, there's a reason Le'Veon Bell and Aaron Donalds of the world who didn't do anything, they played the whole season last year. Because their body was trained the way they thought it needed to be trained yes. with their specific trainer for their specific position yes. and not having to listen to one trainer who's training 90 guys mm. and doesn't all they don't all have the exact same skill set and things they need to do or be better at on the field. So that plays into it, right? Um then the other thing is, this would be my other thing. You get towards the end of OTAs, and coaches, um, they're, oh, we made it through. We had no big injuries. Let, maybe we should just cut off the last day or two. Yeah. Because we've done it. Get we out made of it. There. Let's get out. And then the other thing is, the, it's tick, 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 tick. The what coaches are, are going, Training camp starts in 28 days. I need 20 days of debauchery. I need to be able to get drunk and do everything I want to do for 24 days straight from Bill here Belichick on out. was like, if I leave now, I can get I can four get to orders Nantucket. of... I can get some short stacks of blueberry pancakes. <laughs> right. I can get to Nantucket and play six extra rounds of golf. Yes. They're all stressing right now. Yeah. That's what happens to it. This time I'm of year stressing. where the coaches are I have out. to pee. It's is that first, what you're doing? Yeah, I was like, are you humping the I'm gonna, side I'm of... going to pause the podcast. If you guys want to talk, okay. I've never had to pee this bad in my life. I was wondering. You were starting to make me uncomfortable. All right. I love you. Uh, <laughs> we're going to edit this. He was going like this, like, and I was like, what is he doing? I can't All even right, focus. And cut here. And we're back. And we're back. You peed, thank God. But Dude, <laughs> more importantly, you asked another man to be the third person in his bedroom in a hotel <laughs> oh, for with Nelson's his wedding. fiance? Yeah, but then I ended up buying my own hotel room. Well, well, uh, what good. a shocker. I mean, well, jo- wow. Whoa, thanks. Thanks for doing that. You were going to bunk with him and his girl on a road trip. And I a figured ho- if there's one couple that I don't have to worry about being a burden to, I think that, the, that him and his fiance really enjoy my company. They do. I do. thought I was giving them a favor. But once 10 o'clock hits, you're a burden. Okay? You think so? Yeah, they want to go to the room. Josh throw on a movie. My, my favorite right. thing about my relationship with Josh and his fiance is for the beginning of their relationship, I was the weird third wheel that was like, Josh, stay out a little bit longer. Come Let's, on, Josh. Come on, Josh. You're gonna you're gonna stop playing beer pong now. Like I would he say was the devil on my shoulder. Yes. Yeah. So there's part of me that wanted to rekindle that. So when did she start to finally like Adam? Because she's no, always she's always, well, she always liked, liked him, me, but, but she he's was, the annoying guy, the annoying friend that's like I would say Probably at the end of football 2015 when we stopped going. Because it was to like play beer every, pong, Thursday every Thursday night. Me and Josh, we're, we're giving the listeners a lot right now. Me and Josh would go to the 13th step yep. and we would never lose beer pong. Like, right. I don't think that entire season, like, I think if we tallied it up, we probably went like 55 yeah. and 0. Lose, yeah, maybe lost one game. Maybe lost one and then immediately it was like, we're going to beat your ass. We actually, we lost to a British guy, I remember, who started talking a ton of smack one. to me and Lefko just went up to him and was like, you're going to talk 
smack to my guy. I almost got into a fight. Yeah. I call, what did I call his accent? Ooh, soft? No, I was like, I was like, I don't know if this accent is real because it sounds like <laughs> shit, but like, get out of my face. Yeah, I was really big. Apparently. I was single left go. Beer pong. Oh, man. Yes, beer muscles. I look muscles. at it now and I go, I go, Thursday, I go, that's when I eat Thai and don't do anything. But back then, <laughs> Just it was like, like every other night of the week. Yeah. Uh, all we right, should so rekindle that this season. Thursday I'm, nights. I'm, a, I'm down. Yeah. I'm always down. We'll all go out. 13 step. All right. So uh, I got one, uh, a few more things, then we got to start wrapping it up. We have but a meeting. Josh Gordon. Josh oh, Gordon said the Browns have the best wide oh. receiver core in the NFL. Right. Wait, uh, first of all, is it core or corp? Core. I, I mean, it's I saw, spelled C O R P S, but that's a core. Wide receiver core. I did not know that. See, so it was wide receiver corpse. I just was confused yesterday when I saw a few of those headlines. I was like, wait, is that. Am I been mispronouncing this word all along? I didn't know. But, but you could say they have a great core of young wide receivers, which would be C O R E. So it depends upon how you're using it. Really? So I thought I it was always C O R P. It depends. A, I did not know res- that. The wide receiving core. So what did you think they were saying? Like he's saying, it's a core of guys that we have a great. No, but core. when you saw the corpse, I was like, man, what, I don't understand. Cor- like, does that like corporation? Of re- I didn't understand it. I was you like, thought, what? you're like, you're like, have the Browns wide receivers have an LLC? Corpus? Are they independent contractors? I, I really, I was very, I was, I didn't know. I love that. <laughs> Glad we got that ironed out. I'm so happy. Uh, first thing I like to say yeah. is he's absolutely right. I think the Browns have the best wide receiving core. Not the top three, but when you realize the that group. they have Ricardo Lewis back there, oh. Rashard Higgins, Whoa. Callaway. No way! Keep going! Go! Keep going! Shut Go. the fuck up. I think that, okay, I think all those guys are, are great athletes. Like when I see Ricardo Lewis, I go, if he was on another team, we'd be hearing a lot of whoa big off seasons. Right. I think that they're like all right, same name the rest of the court for no, me. That was the whole and then, then Landry, Josh Gordon, Gordon who Coleman. hasn't played in two years, and Corey Coleman who hasn't done anything yet. I think that they're super deep. They have potential. Yes. That is yes. But I do not think that they have the best wide receiving trio. All right. I didn't look this up any at so all. I so. have mine. Go ahead. I'd like so to hear I, them. I actually I have the Top one, two, three, four. I went nine deep. I believe the top wide receiver trio of the NFL is Atlanta. Okay. I think that Julio Jones, Muhammad Sanu, Calvin Ridley is the best trio. My number two, and you stop me when you think I'm yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's a good one. I, my, I, I don't even know mine yet, so I got to think about this. My number two is Pittsburgh. Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Hayward Bay. Mm. Because I think that... I'm not saying that Hayward Bay has potential, but yeah. I'm saying solid, and I think Juju and Antonio, Antonio Brown are above special, you. right? My number three is Landry Gordon Coleman. And I know that that sounds crazy, but I think that I have a lot of faith in Gordon. And if we were buying stock, I'm buying stock in Josh Gordon for this year. Maybe it's the picture of the tricep that everybody was sharing. But him and Landry, I think, go to really well together. They might be a little high. My number four is Oakland. I'm going Amari Cooper, Jordy Nelson, Martavis Bryant. And you can make arguments that they're ahead of Cleveland for me. Uh, I, I would say they're ahead of Cleveland. You would pick Amari, Jordy, and Martellus, or Martavis Bryant above them. I would, yes. I could see that. Yes. My next one after that, I was battling between three teams. The Rams, Chiefs, and Bucks. Rams I picked to be the highest because I think Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, 
Cooper Cup. I'd put them it, in front of the Browns, too. So but you'd put yeah. them ahead, too. I would, just because like the Browns, I know their potential might be greater than and some I, of these. And that's the thing is, right. I look at Cooks and Woods and Cup, and I go, they're solid. Yes. But if Josh Gordon hits his potential, yes. Josh Gordon and Landry is going to be better than almost anybody else in the NFL. Right. Because Gordon, it, he could be incredible. Yeah. The Chiefs... Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, and Chris Conley. Mm-hmm. I put Tyree Hill in like the he was better than a lot of other teams' number ones. Like he's a kind of guy that I go. I'm comparing him to Josh Gordon, not Landry. I, I'm comparing oh. Watkins to Landry and Hill I think to Josh Gordon. I agree. Tyree Kill is being under. Tyree Kill is in the conversation for best receiver in football. I agree. I mean, I had to do a draft on PFT with best receivers in the sport. I took Tyree Kill three, and he goes, "Well, you didn't take AJ Green." I said, "I don't think he's as good as Tyree Kill right now." That was just my honest answer. There's That's this how thing good about Tyree Kill where we don't compare him to a great wide receivers because he's small. Yes, but I. Go I didn't see other guys scoring 80-yard touchdowns. Like, that's a skill. Right. Uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. the reason I have them up there, Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, Chris Godwin. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in Chris Godwin next year, yep. and I think Mike Evans is like what Josh Gordon could be, but I think that Landry's better than Deshaun Jackson. I'm just comparing everybody yeah, yeah. to the I Browns. I got you. Cool, yeah. Then I thought of the Chargers, Keenan Allen, Travis Benjamin, Mike Williams. Yeah. I just... There's not a number two for the Chargers yet. Like even uh, the the other guy, Tyrell Williams. Yeah, right. Like I like Travis Benjamin, but I see him as like a three. I just I do. Yeah, I I understand. He's a three or a two with a caveat, whatever it may be. Uh, I understand that. Man, that's an impressive group right there, though. It is. I mean, even without good core, they are. That is a good core. Like all those guys can do a little bit of everything. Mike Williams. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know which one that I, I threw in there as, they're definitely not the top, but right. they're really interesting and no one's going to talk about them? Washington. Yes. Paul Richardson. Right. Jamison Crowder. Who's one of the best slots in the game. And Josh Doxson. Yes. And I go, if Doxson hits his potential, mm-hmm. Robinson's the deep threat, and Crowder's like this great underneath guy, that was a wide receiving core that I actually really liked, but I know is not at the top. Yeah. So my tops are Atlanta, Pitt, Oakland, the Rams, Chiefs, and Browns. What do you think? I, I think you're those are those are that teams means. that yeah, I think those teams are the top. I mean I don't I wouldn't rank Cleveland that high as you do, right? I just have a lot of faith in Josh Gordon. I, I might I hear be that. Dumb. Yeah, no, I don't think you're dumb. I think it's it's real. Uh it's just been two years and I just gotta see it before I guess I throw him into that class. But yeah. he's in this this list regardless. Cleveland is in this list with their guys. Um Trying to think if there's anything else you missed out there that's interesting to me. Uh, you know, like I, I, of course, I always think of the Giants, but the core, the core is not that special. With that the Giants. was my thing as I went. And Odell, do we count like you know? I know we were counting receivers. I was not counting like Evan Ingram. No, because, world, because right. then Kansas City goes to the top. Yes, because then it's Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, and Kelsey. Yeah, you know. But then also we're doing the Patriots, where it's like Edelman, Hogan, and Gronk. Right. You know. But no, just wide receiving corps. Right. Uh, that's kind of how I came up. Detroit's out with. is sneaky good. Detroit is up there. Like yeah. if I'm mentioning Washington, I'm mentioning Detroit with. Galladay, Tate, uh, and uh, Marvin Jones. Yeah, exactly. Very, right. very good. Very good. Um, yeah, I think those are the teams, though, that are in this discussion. Do you agree with me that Atlanta's number one? Julio, Sanu, and Ridley. I just think that Julio and Sanu is the best one, too, because Sanu, I think, is more athletic than Landry, and Julio is like the best case scenario for Josh mm-hmm. Gordon. 
Antonio Brown and Juju, I just think Juju's super reliable, and Antonio Brown is a truly elite I like one. that one-two punch better than the Atlanta's one-two punch. because I You do, like Brown and Juju better than... Jesse, mm. I think Julio's better than Brown, but not by a ton. And then I do think Juju is a clear notch above Sanu right now. I just thought that Ridley had more potential and than Hayward. I, I think that's that would be, yes. So that would be probably the edge you'd give Atlanta in the hole. But, but I think Oakland is very slept Oakland on. Oakland is if very Amari interesting. If Amari Cooper, again, there's there's pictures of Amari Cooper being enormous again this offseason. Mm. Whoa. Uh, whoa. 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 Big Amari. Whoa. Like, he's always blown. Like, he... Well, he lifts weight and he just expands. Yes, he but He's if one of he gets guys. to his potential, you get a year of Jordy being a reliable guy. And Martavis Bryant, like, Martavis Bryant is Josh Gordon. Yes. They are equal in terms of athleticism. That's very right up there with him. He's not quite the size of the man Josh right. Gordon is. Like, he doesn't have those triceps. But yes, in a race in their prime, actually, I'm taking Martavis Bryant. I think we're going to see. The Martavis Bryant we saw two years ago that was the star. Not you know, you gotta remember last year, it's a weird year, but you haven't been around football a year, you get thrown in. They just drafted a receiver. He couldn't kind of find his way and get comfortable enough to where he could really make his mark. I think he makes his mark big time this year in Oakland. Man, I would like that. Yeah. This happened last week. Jalen Ramsey um uh tweeted at uh Des Bryant and said, Hey man, come to Jacksonville. There's nothing I want more. Than Des Bryant in Jacksonville. <laughs> you can that. make the argument they don't have a lot of good, experienced wide receivers. He would get along great with the defense. And after week one, the truth that he would spit about Blake Bortles, it would be fantastic. Whoa! If you think if you thought he got upset about Dak Prescott, wait, does he get a little whiff of Blake? Well, I, th- that was the other one. I, I actually was like, when you started talking about like receiving cores, I thought about them for a second. Because they have a lot of yeah, like good guys Lee and all those guys. Yeah, yeah. but no, nobody like no. D.D. Westbrook. They have some potential guys, DJ Shark and all those yeah. kind of guys. That I go, ooh, okay. So I apologize to the media. No, you can't take it back now. You're yeah, already, you're you're right. already an asshole. Uh, coming up on Monday, we're going to be recording this this afternoon. Fendrick got how many questions would you say? Hundreds. A ton. It's we used to be a time where it would be Seahawks Scout and Mark Bajet, but and now Lefko's burner accounts just making up questions. So we had a show. Now we actually uh. have gotten hundreds of fan and listener questions and tweets and Instagrams and DMs. Fendrick has put them all into one doc, and on Monday we are going to have a fan mail fan mail bag podcast. Cool. I'm fan excited. mail bag. I don't know. What fan it's mail bag bag. <laughs> Just end this podcast, please. It's Four over. Sims. Peace out, homies. Four Fendrick. Good night, everybody. Uh, guys, I want to say thank you for all the support with the t-shirts. Thank you for the, the all the uh, the websites and the, the Instagrams. I'm all over the place. What are you talking about? You gave us websites, people? I didn't know that. I Thanks am, for the websites, everyone. Cut off left. Shut up in your Hawaiian man in a Hawaiian shirt. All right. Love you guys. See ya. Odell, you're the man. See you guys later. Peace out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Thank you.